This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. Everything's great, man. Everything's real good. Um, you know, just um, chucking away day by day, trying to have a little fun, trying to do a little bit of podcasting. Um, we're, we're recording, by the way. Everything's um, good to go. So, yeah, the 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 podcast uh, I've just started doing it, and I've I've been using it basically as an excuse to to spend an hour with, uh, with some of the people that I looked up look up to. So obviously, I had to uh, had to hit you up. I love it, man. That's great. This is exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's super exciting, and I'm here in my closet, so it's spacious. Um, it's cool if you if you hear any dogs. I'm in an apartment complex, so I mean, it's just that's just part of the game right now. Dude, I get it, man. I've done I've done more calls and podcasts out of Mike's closet than I care to. <laughs> you you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the obviously the the main reason I wanted to have you on was just because we're we're homies and. Um, You've you've helped me uh, a ton over over the past few years. You've kind of seen me since the the genesis of of all this stuff, and I know you probably hear that from from quite a few people. But you've you've definitely helped me out immensely, and it I, I can't I can't thank you enough for that. But even more so, I think I'm so drawn to you, and other people are drawn to your content as well. Um, I just love seeing someone who looks like they're enjoying the fuck out of what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. You just look like you're just a really positive guy. You're, you're, you're fond of spreading that positivity and you're also a fan of, I feel like you're a silly goose. So I know you follow Crystalia. You like a silly goose time. You, how do you know I follow Crystalia? You see that Dude, I follow on Instagram. I, I see your likes, bro. I'm, I like everything of Crystalia, and I see I see Sciat Fitness like this. I was like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's one of the things. Just like I like to, I like to be in a good mood. You know, I just I I feel like on a day to day basis, just based on the things we're consuming, we we could be choosing to consume things that put us in a shitty mood, or choosing to consume things that put us in a good mood. And it's really, it's it's sort of like it's pretty cliche, but you get to choose who you surround yourself with and the people you surround yourself with have such a pot, like have a, such an impact on your life, whether it's positive or negative. And it's like, if you're surrounding yourself with bad news and just bad stuff on social media, things that are pissing you off, then like, yeah, you'll be in a bad mood. But if like you follow stand up comedians, you're probably going to end up <laughs> laughing a lot. So it's Dude, good. That's it. That You know, what's funny is I just started, I mean, I've listened to Joe Rogan's podcast for a while, but I haven't actually gotten into the, <clears throat> the comedian side of things like his, uh, you know, group of people that he normally hangs out with yeah. all of those, those comedian guys, like their circle until recently I listened to one of them and then uh, I really liked it. And then I just kind of went down the rabbit hole. And now I'm basically a big, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. I'm actually going to see Chris D'Elia on Sunday. That's awesome. He's here in Lexington. You're going to have fun, man. That's Yeah. Doing. It's my second time seeing him too. I went to Cleveland and saw him and then now he's coming to Lexington. So oh, I, I was like, deep already. I love it, dude. I, I really like it. And I went and saw Joey Diaz. He came to, to Lexington as well. But, but yeah, the, 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 the to Joey's podcast, uh, Joey Diaz. Mm-hmm. I haven't as much lately, but I've definitely listened to plenty of episodes. You know, Lee, the guy that's on with him, Lee, you know, Lee Syatt, your brother. That's my brother. <laughs> For for people that don't know, you you guys have to go look up Lee Syatt and look how much he really does look like Jordan. It's like it's crazy. It is. It's really wild. I get so many people either with YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram like daily. Someone's like, "Wait, are you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's great yeah no uh lee's uh he's he's hilarious he's he, his voice and his laughter is it, it always makes me chuckle the crazy thing about that is because he's really starting to get in a stand-up too and he's doing pretty well mm-hmm. um he is like grew up the most shy introverted like really nervous guy like in the world like, really like he, he was bullied a lot growing up and uh to see like him doing stand up in front of thousands of people is the craziest thing for me because literally like so much social anxiety so like just not like a, a easy thing for anybody to do but especially coming from his angle and so it's really really cool to see him get up on stage wait 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 is he actually your brother yes <laughs> No fucking way. Okay. I I thought you were just joking. No, I'm totally serious. He's my brother. 
<laughs> dude, what just happened? You were you started explaining. I was like, holy shit, this is actually his brother. I thought I you were thought just we kidding. Were on the same page, yes. Dude, I did. I, I mean, I, 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 I knew he had the last name, and I knew <laughs> that he looked like me. I knew that he looked like you. <laughs> But I didn't think it was actually, I didn't think that that was, okay. When you I'm, said that you were like, you got to go look up to see how much they look alike. I was like, okay, like he, he understands, you're my brother. <laughs> you thought I was kidding. He's legitimately my brother. He's two years, 10 months older than me. Like he's, oh, yeah, he's fuck. my brother. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was, he was super shy growing up. Yeah, super shy, wicked introverted, just like not like a. Like he was bullied a lot. He he had a really like pretty uh just like a not like a like I'm I'm very lucky growing up. I was really outgoing, just like very like fortunately very athletic. Just like I, it was easier for me to get along with people. Uh, and like I like doing stand up comedy just as a way to challenge myself, and it's fun. But like for him to be doing it, it's amazing. He's crushing it. Like he's yeah no really he's well. he he's done a great he's done a really great job. Yeah, I wanted to get into uh, I wanted to get into that. How so? You've you've tried stand up a few times, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah. I did it more when I was eighteen, nineteen, and then I did it. Basically, what happened was must have been six or seven months. Oh no, longer than that now. Probably about a year year ago now. Uh, I made a challenge with my inner circle. I was just like. You know, do something this month that's going to push you outside your comfort zone, and I'll join you. And I was like, I'll do stand up comedy, and sort of like, ah, like I'll I'll figure out a time to do it. And then three weeks went by, and I was like, shit, I just got to go. And fortunately, in New York, you can sign up for open mic night anytime you want. So I just did it and, and went, and it was awesome, and I love it, and I want to do it again. So hopefully, maybe I'll do it in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, man, stand up comedy is uh, it's no joke. It's like, dude, it's I, I even just like thinking about it because you. They you watch them do it, and they make it sound so effortless. You know, they just they're telling these stories, then they're, they're these puns hit, and then they just effortlessly transition into the to the next joke. Like it's it's ser- it's got to be serious work, you know. Like it's got to be. It's one of those things where it's like people are, people always say, for, I mean, just talking in front of a camera, right? People are like, oh man, I'm so nervous in front of a camera, and that's no one actually watching. That's just when you're just talking to just a fake make-believe people and then never mind actually talking in front of a crowd of people and then never mind actually trying to make that crowd of people laugh consistently it's like it's really freaking hard and uh it's the i think one of the cool things for me is you see generally speaking on tv and and podcasts for comedians you see the best of the best like you see the best in the world because that's what's going to show up but going to open mic nights and going to stuff in New York and going to like, we're trying to see where people are really being brought up. That's where you see st- stuff where like, where it's actually struggling for a lot of people. That's where you see people really like in the, like learning. And then you're like, Oh man, this is not as easy as these people make it look. It is brutal. It's really, yeah. but it'll, it'll give you thick skin really quick mm. in terms of like, you get up there in front of a group of people. They don't laugh at one thing you say over the course of five minutes. And you're like, okay, well, like, that's essentially the worst that happens. And like, people get so worried about people liking or not liking what they're saying, whether it's on camera or on stage, that once you do it, and no one likes what you say, you realize, okay, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, it it sucked. I would have preferred they laugh. But like, okay, that's, that's like worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you have like, it, uh, lots of times people have no idea who you are and you have to, you have to warm them up. You have to actually be funny. You have to transition smoothly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard work, but as far as, and that reminded me of, of thick skin, I, I feel like I remember watching and you tell people to do this all the time to go back and watch, uh, your old videos and things like that, how you weren't, you, you were definitely not the, the Jordan side of today. Um, have you, uh, we'll, we'll stick with the, the thick skin right now. Have you developed thick skin over time or have you kind of always had that like, uh, I, I don't care what you think kind of attitude? I think I've been really lucky in that I gen- on a general basis, I had an I don't care attitude. Like, obviously you care, but right. it was like, it, I didn't care enough to make it prevent me from actually doing it. Right? I think there's that that spectrum where it's like pe- some people care so much that the idea of even doing it is in no way. Uh, some people care so much that they'll do it and then like they'll have all of it, but then they won't publish it because it, and then other people like they care, but they don't care enough to let it stop them from doing it. And that's where I think that you need to get to in order to actually publish content. Um, I will say the thing that's helped me improve a lot is aside from just doing it more and more and more is, and this is what I mean by you care. 
even when I didn't when I like didn't care enough to not publish, I think one of the reasons that people aren't good on camera is because they care. It's because they're trying to put on a persona that is supposed to be good or different than who they are. And so that caring changes their persona, which then makes it look awkward and weird. And so one of the things that I do now, whenever I'm filming a video, or even when I do stand up, is I tell immediately the truth, like of how I'm feeling in that moment of like, hey, this is really awkward for me. Hey, I don't really know what I'm doing. Hey, like, I'm super sore, whatever it is, like whatever I'm feeling in that moment, I'll tell them the truth. And then as soon as that comes out, I sort of fall right back into myself, which makes it appear much more effortless and much more just who I am. But I think when you try and pretend like everything is perfect and, and it's not like you try and make it everything so every single thing is the right word at the right time, that's when things just look staged and weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. And I think you're, you're right. I, I find myself doing that too. Like oftentimes the, the first take of things that I do, like if I'm going to do an Instagram story or, or something like that, like it, it it's usually the best one because if, dude, if I can just, if I can continue my train of thought, at least it, it, that very first take that I do, uh, like I'll, I'll do something weird just because it's just what I'm doing in the moment. Or I'm just like, Hey, just like, cause I'm overthinking it. And then I'm just like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And then whatever comes out, comes out. And it's just like, you have to get over that initial hump. And then once you do it, obviously repetition, repetition, then it's going to come a, a little bit more naturally to you. But um, yeah, for, for people that reminded me of the the story that I, I love telling about you. And uh, I used to Snapchat Jordan back in the day and, and ask him questions about things whenever I was making my uh, website. And whenever I first was making the website, I sent him a message and I was, uh, I was asked, I just asked him something and then I followed it up with like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then Jordan, we, we, we barely, I mean, we had somewhat of a relationship, but it's definitely not what it is now. Um, but he, he sent me back a video on Snapchat and then he, he basically gave me some advice. And then he was like, honestly, dude, he was like, no, none of us have any idea what the fuck we're doing. We're just doing our best. And I, I remember that to this day. And I think a lot of people, uh, need that kind of encouragement of, uh, you know, you're not the only one struggling through this and other people have gone through the same thing that you're probably going through. And I'm sure you see that all the time. Yeah, it's constant. Man. It's, and, and like, I'm sure you've gotten messages just like that one at this point, where people don't know. And like, and no one knows what they're doing. And I think it's one of the, it, it all, I think a lot of it stems from people like worrying about what other people think uh, in some sense, but, or like looking at what other people, what it it's perceived like they've done or perceived like they're doing. And so you, the comparison trap sort of come, comes into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody in all aspects of life, we were concerned about either not doing enough, not being in the right place, not going in the right direction. And it can be like super uncomfortable. So the, the best that we can do to just let everybody know, it's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing either. You know? mm -hmm. Especially, especially at our, so how old are you? 27. 27. Okay. Yeah. So I'm 25, like around this age for a lot of people, it's all about so whatever, most people are just getting out of out of college, and then um, they're they're starting up at a job or something, and then their their friends are getting jobs. People are whatever, maybe starting families, uh, getting married, stuff like that. And and at this age, it can be very easy to, especially with Instagram now, somebody's comparison picture or lifestyle is just a, a foot away, and you, you're constantly. Uh, it's very easy to compare yourself to other people. How have you? Um, I'm curious. It's it's hard to to form this question, but I tried to talk to uh, the uh, Ryan Doris, the Natty Pro, about it, and he he was trying to explain it. But how have you tried to stay authentic? And I I know authentic is more like a buzzword these days, but how have you really remained true to yourself, especially as you've gained more success and got more notoriety and, and things like that? How do you think um, you've stayed original? Oh man. Um... I think probably the best way is like, so it's actually interesting. I've been thinking about this in several ways, but um, number, I'd say for, I'll, I'll take a more obvious route first and then a more subtle route second. The more obvious route would be to, to the effect of me using a lot of Harry Potter examples in my writing, me like just like being very much who I am. I remember when I was in, in high school, for example, I, I would never talk about Harry Potter, even though I fucking was all about Harry Potter at home, reading the books. I was just like, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. I thought this was amazing. But in school, I'd be like, yeah, I barely read those. I don't know. <laughs> you know, because you don't think it's cool. And then 
And it's just crazy. It's funny to me now that me using those Harry Potter references and things in my writing has allowed me to connect with so many more people, like literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of more people because they all relate to it. And so being open enough to just being myself and just sort of embracing that's who I am has definitely been uh, a major part of it. Um, I think another part, and I think this is probably the more like base of the pyramid part, which includes the Harry Potter stuff, but also like other aspects as well. I think, and I'll, I'll say for myself, um, it can be nerve wracking to post what you actually believe sometimes. Um, not only just in terms of what you're interested in, but like in your actual beliefs and your morals and your ethics. And like, it could be nerve wracking to post what you believe because you think, well, someone with the opposite belief is going to come attack me. Uh, it's really easy to feel like you're going to be just like really come at for whatever, whatever reason. And I'll say this here. Um, I actually posted about this the other day on Twitter and it was like super nerve wracking for me, but, uh, I'm really glad that I did. And that sort of just goes to show you never regret saying what you actually believe in your heart. Um, there's been a lot lately, a lot in, in politics and everything about like, about how, uh, you know, basically white men don't have a say an equal say because of whatever mm -hmm. privilege they have. And uh, it's been super difficult for me. Uh, mm. it's like having been told that myself, well, it's like your opinion doesn't matter because you're a white male and, uh, sorry to bring this on your show. No, but, please do. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's, it's been super difficult for me to have to, to dealing with the, the idea that like, I have this privilege on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm, my opinion doesn't actually count because of that privilege. It doesn't sound very privileged if my opinion doesn't really count. And so it's been, and I spoke about it on Twitter the other day. And so the it's, and this is something I've been struggling with at this point where it's like, uh, there are people out there who no matter what happens are going to come at you and they're going to find a way to try and bring you down and tear you down. They're going to be people, sorry, my phone just went off. There are essentially people who like, they're going to, they're going to try and bring you down. They're going to try and find things about you that either they disagree with or just for whatever reason, they don't like what you're doing. And so the reason I bring that up is to say, when you feel like you're constricted, you, when you feel like you can't or shouldn't say something, it's probably when you need to most, um, because it's going to tear you apart on the inside. And it's for me, the things that I've always had the hardest time saying, I've always been the happiest that I've ended up saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the, I, I think that, that that's true in, in, in so many different facets. And I think it's good that, uh, that you can, you know, one of the things that always bug me and Crystal Lee is a good example of this. Whenever people he'll say, he'll, he'll give his opinion on something. And then somebody will comment. One of the first comments is like, Hey dude, just stick to comedy. You know, it, it's <laughs> yeah. as if, it's as if these people cannot have any opinions on anything else besides, yep. uh, you know, their, their profession and, and they can get chastised for that. If it's not the same uh, belief that these, these other people are having. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, it can just, it can just get very, um, just very weird. And we obviously live in a very, um, uh, weird time and I'm not going to claim to claim to have the answers or anything like that, but yeah, we just have to, uh, I think, I think it, um, one of the best things that I heard, um, I can't even remember exactly who it was, was from, and we won't get too, too far into the subject, but just cause I don't know as much about it, but like, I feel like the, the key to, to overcoming oppression is not to oppress other people. You know, I, I don't think that that uh, is the answer. And sure, you can say that I'm a white male or or whatever. So, of course, I'm going to I'm going to say that. But like there's also, you know, it's funny being from Kentucky and I'm, I'm going on a little mini rant here. Being up from Kentucky, um, there's a there's a trailer park right behind my house, actually. And white privilege gets white male privilege gets thrown around a lot. But if people would spend a little bit of time back there in this trailer park and in certain parts of Kentucky, yep. you know, it, it's weird whenever you have these sectors of male, white male privilege, and then you go to these trailer parks and you ask those guys if they think that they feel privileged and you're going to get quite an interesting answer. So, you know, it's just, I think that people are very hasty in making these judgments about uh, very, very complex topics that they don't really know about. Um, but, but yeah, I, I applaud you for, you know, going outside that box and, and really speaking your mind, even whenever it may not be the easiest. Yeah, man. And the whole idea of it is just, it's sort of mind boggling to me at this point to the idea of, of telling somebody that their opinion, like their opinion is invalid right. because of their race and because of their gender is, is so crazy to me. Like it, it's very scary. It's like, no, no, your opinion doesn't count because of your race and because of your gender. 
Mm-hmm. That's what it's boiled down to, you know, because yeah. you're a white male. It's like, does this not sound very scary to you? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bother you that like what you just said is like based on my race and my gender. That's it. Like nothing about my past, nothing about my experience, nothing. You don't know anything about me other than, and you don't even really technically know my race. You're just looking at me. Not to mention, you don't even know how I identify. If really <laughs> yeah, how I identify. You're just ju- you're just completely making this up. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, it's crazy. It went completely opposite of where I expected. No, that's, like, that, that's cool though. That's, I mean, dude, this is the more than fitness podcast. <laughs> this is, this is, this is why I made it that name because yeah, sure. We can talk about fitness stuff, but if we want to talk about, uh, you know, oppression and white privilege, that's, that's totally okay as well. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a nice soundbite. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, man, I think it's, it, it is, uh, interesting, but yeah, people don't probably don't know. So where are you from originally? So I grew up in Boston. I, I grew okay. up in a suburb of Boston. Uh, and then, um, was there and then I lived in Israel for several years. Then I went to Delaware, University of Delaware for, for school, went back to Israel, back to Boston, then back to Israel. And now I'm in New York. So do you have a lot of family in Israel? Um, not blood family, not like family, okay. that, but definitely family based on how, like I have a key to the house and I have a bedroom there. And so I was the best man at the, the wedding for my, like based my sister there. So yeah, de- not blood, but definitely family. That was, that was somewhat recently, right? Kind of maybe, or when was you, when did you go to Israel last? Um, when last, last went to Israel, maybe like four months ago. Yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. Cause yeah. I remember you posting stories and stuff and talking about how pretty it was and it looked beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I've been, I, I try and go at least twice a year ever since I started with Gary. Um, and so the wedding was like two years ago now, but I went, I went about four months ago. And I always, for me, it's the media shows so much bullshit about the Middle East and like Middle Eastern conflict and, and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and what's going on. So I always do my best to just try and like take pictures and videos and show people what it's actually, what it actually looks like. Cause every single time people are like, I did not realize it was so beautiful. I always thought it was just like a, a war zone that like was so dangerous. And it's just the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It just, I mean, it's, it comes from, you know, just headline reading and, and yeah. just seeing, seeing these things and then you just automatically get um, that picture in your head and you're like, Oh, it's just, everything is terrible. Exactly. Um, but yeah, obviously you see your pictures and things and, it's really cool, but let's, oh, uh, that's a nice little segue. So you talked about, uh, going different places with Gary. So for, for people that don't know, Jordan is Gary Vaynerchuk's, uh, personal trainer and Gary V. If you've been following me, you've probably heard me say him at least once. Um, <clears throat> but Gary V is, um, big time entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur owns, um, uh, a few different companies and, and runs like a, whatever, 800 person business or, or something like that crazy. And, uh, he's just, he's, he's a big time guy. And then, so Jordan goes around with him and travels to different places and he's his, his, his personal, personal trainer. Um, and so how, how as a whole, how has that experience, uh, kind of been? It's been great. Uh, very little sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's been great. Honestly, it's been incredible. So I started that May thirty first, twenty twenty sixteen. Wow, that's crazy, uh, isn't it? Yeah, was my first day with him. Um, and then it's funny when I first came came with Gary, I really wasn't that big on social media at all. Right, because, like I didn't really use it very much. I wasn't a huge fan of it very much. Um, but when I started working with Gary, I was like, listen, this is the, the guru of social media. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it a shot and I'll take his advice. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'll give Jesus. it a shot. And, uh, and it's worked out really well and I love it. And that's actually going back to the beginning of the conversation. You're like, you just seem so happy on like, so positive on social media. Um, one, essentially one of the things that's happened over the last almost three years, two and a half years now is posting on social media, making content has become, probably the favorite my favorite part of my job mm. creating this content getting this information out there uh, but also doing it in a way that i enjoy doing it in a fun way comedic way uh it's been like literally like the most exciting and my favorite part of, of what i do because there's so many there's so many ways to help people and reach new people and give them this information so it's been it's been fantastic yeah yeah i'm curious i i'm sure people ask you all the time some things that you've actually like learned from gary and, and think and but i feel like if you just if you know gary you you probably know some of the principles that you he's probably instilled in you you know hard work um all, all that kind of good stuff but uh, i'm curious what are some things that you have stopped doing 
since you've been working with Gary? What's maybe one thing that you, you've noticed uh, from yourself, maybe a habit or uh, a discipline or a way of thinking uh, that you, you've stopped since you started working with him? It's a good question. I've not been asked that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I've stopped doing. So I think, and this is something that I did in an unconscious way and being with Gary every day. And we actually spoke about it a little bit today um, because I'll be, I'll be taking a three month break starting in, in May. Um, but basically we were talking about how, what I think it's very easy to fall into like a, a negative mindset, like a negative mindset or like whether it's for whatever, whatever it stems from, it's, it's easier to fall into a negative mindset. Like pessimism? Pessimism for sure to fall mm-hmm. into like, ah, this isn't going to work or like social media is bad or so like everyone on social media is obnoxious or like whatever it is. It's easier to fall into that trap because when you, anything pessimistic or negative, you sort of inherently sort of block yourself off from, from trying anything new. Whereas optimistic, you sort you open yourself up. It's much more vulnerable, and it, then all of a sudden, like the only way to move forward is by taking action. Whereas pessimism, you can sort of just you know guard yourself off and just stay where you are and just be in your own pessimistic little bubble. And I think I was I'm, I'm lucky in that I've been a, a generally optimistic, happy guy my my life my whole life. But I could find these areas in which I would do that. And I think ever since I started working with Gary, I've I've been able to consciously recognize it when I go into that type of a bubble and, and break out of it. So I would say I've stopped allowing my norm or my first response to be pessimistic, negative, or even if it is that I've been able to recognize it very quickly and then continue moving forward and break through it and find the positive and optimistic route. I think it's, it's something that I think a lot of people overlook, a lot of people undervalue um, I know I did for sure. And I know that there are a lot of people who, when they hear this, they, they immediately take that pessimistic negative route, almost that victim mindset. And like, well, you don't know what I'm going through type thing, which is, you're right. I have no idea what you're going through, but that's the, the ultimate quintessence of, that's the embodiment of immediately taking that victim route or immediately taking that, that negative pessimistic route rather than being like, he doesn't know what I'm going through, but I can see how I can try and work through this. It doesn't mean what you're going through is easy. It doesn't mean what you're going through is is fun. It doesn't mean what you're going through is isn't hard or difficult. But what it does mean is that it's easier for you to t- to put that blocker up of that victim mindset because it prevents you from actually having to go out and try and do something new. And so that's sort of probably the one of the greatest benefits of having worked with him is being able to recognize that and then to be able to just continue moving forward. Yeah, and that's interesting that you you've kind of learned that through him because I've noticed uh, I follow a bunch of different people and I'm a big fan of stoicism and I feel like Gary would have no idea what stoicism is but he doesn't realize that he actually is a stoic I feel like himself and people that that don't know Gary may may hear that and be like oh no he's always like super emotional and like super upbeat and everything but you have to watch all of his interviews and that's what I and whenever I say I've seen almost every video Gary Vaynerchuk has put out. Like, it's just, I, I've done it for so long. He's been such a big motivation to me, but his, he has different moods. He has a very calm, like uh laser focused Gary. And then he has the raw, raw, I'm up on stage. I'm yeah. going to, you know, yell your face off. Um, but, but yeah, he, he is very stoic and I feel like you, you've taken that approach and you seem to be, you're essentially talking about mindfulness. Whenever you have a thought or you have, um, whatever, uh, some type of negative emotion, you can catch that negative emotion and then bring it back. You can be very objective. Have, has that, so that's developed over time. Have you always been able to kind of handle your emotions, uh, kind of, uh, well, I honestly think I've been, it, it's Gary talks about it as self-awareness. Like, yeah. I think that's really what it is. I, I think I was probably actually pretty bad at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether I don't, I don't think it, it was, I wasn't aware of it and yeah. I didn't have self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And so I feel my emotions mm-hmm. and like I get super emotional. And then I would like sort of like having a very emotional argument based on emotions, not facts. Well, like if someone literally outright proves you wrong, and your immediate response is to get angry and defensive of your of your opinion rather than to objectively like wow like i didn't think of it like that that's really interesting like and so i would be the person who gets super angry and super defensive and and like 
defend against my opinion or stance rather than being like, wow, that was a really good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. And then be able to like change my opinion based on the facts presented. And so it's like, that's probably a, a really good example of at this point, I actively every single day do my best to not let my emotions, um, not let my beliefs tie into my emotions. Like mm-hmm. beliefs are based on the facts presented to me and my emotions are based, I try and sort of separate the two. And there's always going to be crossover, but to be able to make, like, make sure like the, the facts come first. Yeah. And like that override all, all emotion is, has been massive for me. And to be able to recognize, uh, like basically for me, be able to look at how I'm acting, how I'm feeling, look at something presented in front of me and be able to say, all right, listen, like, here's what's going on. Like, let's look at this objectively and analytically rather than emotionally to be able to like actually consciously go in there and sort of like try and separate the two has been a huge benefit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. And I, I'm glad you, you kind of sound like I had Pat Flynn on uh, two episodes ago. Really? Yeah. 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 We talked about his book and we talked about all things, you know, philosophy and that dude's a, he's a super smart guy. Yeah. We just were on the phone two mornings ago, like we're on an hour and a half talking about it. Yeah. 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 No, he's, he's, he's a good dude, but yeah, essentially, um, it, it sounds like uh, just you being mindful of of these emotions, and it also comes from uh, a lack of ego. I feel like, and I and somebody like you. So, for people that don't know, um, Jordan's uh, holds a, a world record in in the powerlifting and the deadlift for uh, what the one twenty eight, one twenty five weight class. One thirty two. One thirty two. Okay, sorry, wrong. One thirty two. Uh, at how many how many pounds did you lift? Uh, five thirty-five. Yeah. So, so he's a world, world. Essentially, he's a world record holder. He's a, a you know a badass coach, uh, an amazing businessman. He he's working with a big time CEO. Uh, he's got you know the Insta fame, everything like that. He he's 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 got all the reasons in the world to have this big ego, and yet you've continued to stay uh, grounded and stay humble, and you're able to not get too riled up whenever somebody says, oh, hey, you're wrong, because I feel like you have that true uh, internal confidence. You have that intrinsic confidence uh, that I think is so hard for for many people uh, to, to develop and to build and to, to not become, and Gary talks about this, become a caricature of themselves whenever they do kind of reach that level. Um, yeah, it's do you think do you think the people that you've surrounded yourself with has helped you kind of stay uh, grounded, or do you have you always kind of had that humility um, uh, uh, and just kind of internal confidence, or is that developed more so over time? I think it's definitely more developed over time. I can think of when I was younger, I, I could never be wrong. Mm. Being wrong was a major hit to who I was. I think this is most people. Really, I think most people. And this is why they're like, this This is why, for example, I was just having a, a debate with someone on Twitter about this like seven hours ago, where someone was like saying basically, no calories don't count as long as you have just like uh, low to no carbs and you're good. And I was like, no, you, like, here, like, here's the thing, aside from the studies, all this stuff, like, here's case study after case study after case study showing you that like, it's not accurate. And by the way, this is a really good thing for you. This is actually very exciting because it means that more than one thing works and it doesn't have to be as restrictive as you've done it. Like, this is really exciting. Like, this is really good. And, and they got like, again, super defensive. Well, I've been doing it for this long and this is what works for me. Like, that's great. I'm so glad it works for you. Just understand, like, it's really exciting. This is good news because this means it's not as restrictive as, as you've once thought. And I think that I, I can see periods in my past where the idea of being wrong, whether it was in an individual conversation or public format, it was just like not, I was like, no, no. And I would fight, 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 and try and find the ways to like sort of just prove what I had already thought was right rather than look at the other direction. Um, and it, it was so funny the other day on Twitter, I, I wrote to the effect of fitness certifications are a waste of time. Blah, blah, blah. I saw And then somebody commented, they were like, I would just say that it it can be a waste of time. And I retweeted it with a comment, like, this person is right. I misphrased it. I could have phrased it better. Thank you for calling me out on it. And the response to that was overwhelmingly positive. People were like, thank you for staying humble. This is why I like you. This is like, because very few people, never mind actually like admitting when you made a mistake, but actually like making it more public, bringing more attention to the mistake that you made. 
it it helps people trust you more. And very few people, I don't even know if it's the confidence. I think it's more just like the idea of being wrong is a huge hit to an ego. And it's like people, for whatever reason, don't like to admit that they're wrong. And I think it's because a lot of people, it basically they intertwine their beliefs with their with their sense of self. And if like their belief is all of a sudden wrong, then everything sort of falls apart. Mm. But if you can be really good at separating the two and you have your beliefs and then you have your sense of self or your confidence, your ego, whatever the two are, then you can change one without the other one completely falling apart. I think that's where a lot of people, they, they get, they so intertwine them that it's like, they're not going to break out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson talked about this as well. And obviously in our industry with, with diets and exercise, it can be almost essentially cult and religious like, and, uh, but he, he talks about how, uh, people will have these, these identities and the identity, um, say whatever is, is, is keto or it's paleo or, or something like that. And that's their raft. That's what they've identified with in their life. And then us coming through and saying, Oh, Hey, no, there's, there's different ways to do this. There's other ways that work. We're sitting there with a stick poking that raft and then they're feeling very threatened and they're, you know, saying whatever first comes to their mind because they're just terrified of, like you said, the, the entire house of cards falling beneath them. And I yep. think that that's really interesting uh, to, to think about. And people, I think people need to, um, they need to dive deeper whenever these types of emotions come up because it's kind of like a signal, right? Like it's a signal, okay, this is making me really upset. And then instead of, instead of feeding into that anger or something, which this is obviously easier said than done, but whenever you have that anger, use that as a signal to, to internally reflect like, okay, where is this anger coming from? And is there anything that I can do about this? Exactly. And what that's the perfect description of self-awareness in the sense is like, rather than just like feeling your emotion and then letting that emotion dictate your actions, notice the emotion and question yourself. Like, why do I feel this way? Yeah. yeah. If, if people could be like, hold on, why am I feeling so angry or why am I feeling so anxious or why am I feeling so, so happy? Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling? And I think for, and that's one of the things I really try and sort of, I'll notice it in, in clients. So if, for example, a client emails me and they're super happy because their weight went down, I'll immediately like, like put a hole in, like, hold on. Like, just so you know, like whether your weight goes down, or your weight goes up, there's no emotional response here like this. And we have to sort of stop it. And a lot of them are surprised in that first couple of emails when I'll be like, stop, like, we're not going to celebrate this down because like, it doesn't necessarily mean anything good, but that way when it spikes up, because that's a, a huge like issue that a lot of people have is if a coach is celebrating it going down. And all of a sudden it spikes up and like, boy, the scale doesn't matter. It's like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Mm. It does matter mm. if you're celebrating a downward trend. And so you have to be aware of your emotions on the positive and the negative side uh, so that you can really keep everything in check. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, it, it's like, and I think I've made an infographic about this a, lo a long time ago uh, about it. And, and, and I didn't come up with this analogy, but it's like a... Uh, 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 whatever, a thermostat, like in a house. So whenever, say you've got the thermostat set at 70 degrees and then if it, if it goes up, uh, or, or whatever, if it goes up too high, so you're getting really happy, you're really excited or whatever. You want to make sure that, that the highs aren't too high and that the lows aren't too low because, and yeah. you want to try and hover around that middle ground. It's like, to, again, back to Gary, uh, he, he talks about this too. He's like, whenever people praise me, I don't hear it. And whenever people dog me, I don't hear it either. He's like, I'm always in the middle playing in the middle because that's where, um, I feel like the most rational decisions and also, um, the best success, uh, will be set up for the future because you're ready for, okay, if I do really good, that's cool. But if I do really bad, that's cool too. So it's kind of staying in the middle and not going too high or not going too low. Yeah, it's funny because I was going to bring him up too. And like he always says, you don't let the highs get too high, don't let the lows go too low. And I think it, it means a couple things. Number one being like when you're winning, just fully understand that there will be times when you're going to be losing, which is okay. Like So when you're at the top, just know like it's going to go down. And when you're at the bottom, know it's going to go up. And it's like being able to balance both of those like with the perspective of, hey, it's great right now, but guarantee like I'm going to get kicked in the teeth at some point. And then when I'm at the very worst, like, it's okay. Like it sucks right now, but it's going to be good soon. And sort of that allows you to keep it more in the middle. And then also when people are cheering you and not being able to hear it, when people are booing you, not being able to hear it, because 
again, if, if people are booing you and you can't hear it, then like that means when people are, are cheering you, you can't hear it. But if you're allowing yourself to be heard when people are cheering you and it's affecting your emotions, then it will inherently affect you the other way around. And the only person who really knows you is you. And so like you can't let other people's opinion, whether positive or negative, impact you to any significant degree. Like obviously it will at like at some level, but you have to consciously and actively try not to, because if you allow it on one end, it will happen on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, for the for the people listening, I, I feel like it can for, for somebody who who isn't as self-aware, a kind of as like we're, we're talking about hearing this can can be interesting and sometimes it might not make the most complete sense. But essentially, we're just asking you to dive a little bit deeper um essentially going back to the uh, um to the to the emotion reflection kind of type thing you've got to dive deeper whenever you are feeling these emotions like you said whether it is happy or whether it is sad um you you've got to be able to to reflect and 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 look back at yourself and say okay what can i do but i think it's it's very hard for people to one accept these flaws that, that you know quote unquote flaws that they might might have and then two have the have the courage to admit it and then also change it and i think that that is um that it's just two hard things that can be easier said than done but it's it's going to be hard and you just have to keep trying like you have to keep, i'm sure you fight with this every single day it's not something that's just super easy for you no it's it's never easy it's never easy and and that's you know that sort of gets into the whole like you know a lot of the the jordan peterson stuff which you know i like which it's really been life-changing in a lot of ways in terms of like the idea of like chaos versus order and, and sort of you don't want too much order in one way, but you don't want too much chaos in the other hand. You want to sort of try and find that route in the middle. And um, I love it. I think it is really hard, Mm -hmm. but I think sort of what makes life worth living in a really like meaningful life is to be able to like, find what's worth it to you in the midst of all this really this difficult stuff that keeps you going and brings you the most meaning and brings others others the most meaning and so yeah it's really hard but like what's the other option yeah you know like it's really hard but your option is like take action or not you know it's like sit and like just dwell in this like pessimism or dwell in this sadness or like do something to try and elevate yourself in some way like those are really the only two options yeah and like one of them is easier from the perspective of like it takes way less energy just to continue sitting in your own like little cave and like play the victim because you can just sort of stay there and not have to push yourself outside your comfort zone or the other way, which even if it, it's harder and more difficult and more challenging, it's 100% of the time, like without question, it is always more gratifying and you're always happier that you did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's funny that you bring that up because that, that chaos and order thing is something that I, I loved hearing Jordan talk about. And actually, I think so I don't have any tattoos and I've never even really said this hardly to anybody before. But I, I think my first tattoos are going to be uh, chaos and order on each of my wrists. And I love that. yeah, because it's essentially it, Jordan Peterson talks about chaos and order dividing us down the min- middle of our bodies. And then what we have to do is kind of have have one foot in order and one foot in chaos because we don't want to have too much order because then things just get comfortable. And But you don't want to have too much chaos because then there's going to be too much discomfort and nihilism and, uh, you know, just all the, these type of negative emotions. So you have to have whatever the yin and the yang, uh, the, 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 the good and the evil, you have to have those balances, uh, in life in order to, to project you forward. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool stuff. And I feel like you've done a really good job, um, kind of, I'm sure you've had more quote unquote chaos over these past few years working with Gary. And I I feel like you've probably found a little bit of comfort in the chaos. Now I'm sure you've had to adapt very quickly to things, you know, as far as traveling and uh, whatever relationships, uh, your, your diet and exercise, uh, making sure that Gary's happy, keeping up with time management, your, your own business. How has that been? Yeah, it's fun. It's interesting to talk about like finding the comfort in the chaos Mm -hmm. is like, at the beginning, I almost quit three times in the first six months. Oh, really? Just because it was brutal. And I don't think no one understands what it's like until they actually do it. 
like the only people who understand what it's like coaching Gary or Mike and I, it's just like, give people a background, how much he travels like on a regular basis. So, I mean, number one, it's a seven day a week job. So it's, it's literally seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, with maybe the exception of a total of probably 20 to 25 days, uh, like just between maybe someone's sick or like some, some crazy travel family stuff, but it's, that doesn't, that's like, it's seven days a week. So it's not like you don't get weekends off, nothing. It's like, it's seven days. And then I've spent more time in hotels and, and airplanes over the last two and a half years than I have in my own apartment. Um, in terms of like to have a week without a minimum of four flights is a very odd week. Jeez. It's just not usual. Yeah. Like most to have two flights in a week, only two flights, just somewhere and then back. That's a very light week. And like for most people, that would be a pretty already like a draining part of their week. Yeah. Like with at least four flights, so like there and then back and then somewhere else and then back. Like it's just, that's a, that's a normal week. Wow. Uh, and it's whether it's Los Angeles or uh, Nashville or Florida or Hong Kong or London or whatever, it's like going wherever he goes. So it's insane. And so doing that on top and pe- people always hear like, oh, wow, like, you only coach him for an hour a day. That's pretty simple. It's like, <laughs> no, like you don't really get it. No. It's like, number one, it's a 30 minute commute drive to him, then the coaching him, then a 30 minute commute back. And that's only if we're in New York, that doesn't count. Like getting ready, getting your bag, like having your bag always ready to go to the airport at any time, like going to the airport, which is at least like usually a 30 to 45 minute trip to the airport, at least several hours in the airport waiting for your flight then like assuming your flight doesn't have a delay or a cancellation or some crazy shit, which it almost always does. Right. And then like going to the other place, getting a cab, going to your hotel, checking in your hotel. This is like, this is a full-time job with the traveling aspect of it. Never mind actually coaching him. Never mind having my own business on the side. So it was, uh, the, when I first started, it was brutal and I overwhelming, was not prepared for it. Mm. Um, but over time, I think just through getting used to it, um, I sort of want to like think about that comfort in the chaos. It's it's not that I find comfort from the chaos. I've just gotten better at dealing with the chaos and organizing myself within that. So it's not like that chaos gives me comfort, but your your, your shell has hardened. Yeah, it's it's I, I, actually I, it's become more malleable. Okay, there you go. I think it's like. I, I'm now better able to go into a situation and sort of like fit into the situation. Whereas before I had a really hard shell. I was like, no, this is what I do. Like sort of trying to like make my way around. And then, but I had to just become softer and more malleable to make it work, whatever. Cause there's no, there's no week in Gary's life. There's no, like, this is the Monday to Friday schedule. Like right. every day is a different day always. Like and you, it can change on a dime. Like, go to the airport and like be ready to go to France with him and be like, no, no, you're not going to go. Like, you're like, every day is going to be different. You never know what's going to happen until you get there. So like really getting better at morphing into whatever situation happens and rather than like getting super mad or super excited or whatever, like being able to just be relatively calm, whatever the outcome and then progressing from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super cool. That that's good. How you said that the, the malleable, yeah, you're, you're, you're like a chameleon now to each, each different situation and, and scenario that you're put in. It's probably been one of the best things for, for my, not only my business, but my relationships as well, because whatever situation comes up, it, it's, it, there's not a super emotional response anymore. It's like, okay, here's the situation. How do we deal with it? Rather than being like, oh, oh my God, or like, like projecting into the future. Oh my God, what does this mean? I mean, it's like, hey, this is where it is. This is how we'll move forward until like we, we deem it, it, it's smart to change it and to, to go elsewhere, go otherwise. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, well, I guess this, this works with a, a follow up question to that. And we could probably wrap up with this. What are you going to do after you get done? What are you going to do on this, this break? Are you going to, are you going to chill? Are you going to relax? I'm curious. What's, what's next for you? Um, man, it's crazy. Cause I moved from Tel Aviv to, to work with Gary. So I moved from Tel Aviv to New York and for about, for the majority of that time, it was like my last day with Gary is May 31. And so I, I, in my head, I was like on May 31 or on June 1st, I'm moving back to Israel. Like that was just what my head was. And so for the better part of the last six, eight months or so, it's been like, I don't know if I want to anymore. 
um, at least not for right now, just because I'm having so much fun with my content and uh, and speaking engagements and just having a great time. And, and like New York is the best place to be for all this stuff. Like there's just so much going on. It's like a, such a central hub, whether I want to go to Europe or I want to go to the West Coast or just stay in New York. There's so much to do. So realistically, as of right now, I think I'm just going to stay here, get some extra sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like not B- Build a routine a little bit, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Honestly, I think it would be good to have some type of a calendar and a routine. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's actually probably one of the first things I want to do is have like a, a daily. I think it's probably a healthy thing to have as a daily calendar, especially as an entrepreneur or like a business owner when you could just wake up whenever and just as long as you get the work done that's most important Mm -hmm. i think i would like to have a wake up at this time and then have like a meeting at this time whatever because right now it's sort of just flying by the seat of my pants so Mm -hmm. yeah get some sleep and and just have fun doing whatever content i'm making but uh i think i'll probably just stay in new york for a little bit yeah that's super cool yeah no i i thrive on routine you can ask me and my girlfriend like we we are we are very routine type creatures and i'm totally fine with doing the same thing basically every single day um <laughs> and, and it'll it'll have a little bit of a, a variety on the weekends and things like that but yeah with with the routine especially just at this stage i'm still figuring things out um i'm kind of in the middle right now but that routine is really helping me i think um refine my thought process and all of the the coaching stuff that I, that I'm doing right now but I'm excited to see what what comes uh of you after you know you're not traveling 4 out of 7 days a week like I I'm, I'm kind of scared for for the rest of the industry what's about to happen um but uh but yeah man that's that's super cool and I think uh I I'm I'm excited to see see where where you're at in whatever a year and three years and five years and uh hopefully i'll come to to new york soon and we can we can we can maybe hang hey, out you know the next time you come to new york i got you i got you I, we will we will 110 percent uh hang out and and we'll we'll talk shop and maybe um go see a comedy show or something i would love that i would love that that'd be great maybe we'll both do some stand-up comedy oh man I, you know what you know what's funny is I've, I've thought about it but i was like man i don't know that would be a big that'd be a big step but i Good. Get up like a five minute open mic night. That'd be fun. I, I, I'm not opposed to it, to be honest. I've, I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I think it'd be, I could wear this goofy shirt that I've got going on right now, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I think it'd be a ton of fun, but, uh, but cool. Let's, let's go ahead and, and, and wrap this up for the most part where, uh, where can, I know you're doing a lot on YouTube right now. So, so do all your, your plugs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. YouTube, Jordan Syatt, Instagram, Syatt Fitness. If you just Google my name, Jordan Syatt, you'll find whatever you want. So if you have any questions, let me know. And dude, I thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, this has been amazing. I encourage everyone. If you do not already know this man, you need to go and look him up and watch some of his stuff. And I promise you'll probably crack a smile. <laughs> um, but uh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.